What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Ryder Cup. That's right. It's finally here. It is a fascinating event and also going to be a lot of unique strategy because DraftKings is going with their match play scoring, which means it's all about opportunity and holes one. So there's a lot to talk through, and they're also using the captain mode feature so lots of that to talk through stay tuned for that but a couple of housekeeping items and these are different than normal so you're going to want to stay and pay attention here first off content for the week uh shaping up right now for your regular you know bets in one and done video or bets video on tuesday and then the live chat is actually going to be thursday at 3 p.m eastern time not wednesday this event starts on friday it's friday saturday sunday i thought about just keeping it on Wednesday, same time, same place, but there's a chance that we get a little bit more information. Maybe we get indication of what the pairings are for Friday morning on Thursday, and if we have that information, it will be very, very valuable. So I'm going to try to hold off as long as possible. So live chat is 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. The jock market power hour. There is not a jock market cash market for the Ryder Cup, but we're looking to do something a little fun, something a little special. I don't have a day and time on that yet, but it'll likely be Wednesday evening or Thursday evening. Keep an eye out on my Twitter. Um, let me go back to last week real quick. Max Homa, congratulations. Love to see Max um, and, and Joe get a victory. They've, they've been on the pod. They've been on the show. They're, they're great. Uh, Mito cashed our each ways, luckily, uh, because I did not have a whole lot of exposure to Max Homa, but others did. So let me give two shout outs here. I picked these out of the messages that I received this week. Andrew uh, sent a really nice message, and I thought this was uh, something to showcase. So he had a, a Mito outright which I think a lot of us did. And he took the advice that I gave, which was if you're betting anyone this week, go get yourself an each way or go make yourself an each way, backing it up with a top five bet, just in case John Rom runs away and wins this golf tournament. Obviously Rom didn't do that, but it still ended up being uh, viable advice because Mito falls just short, but he pays off on the top five. And then also uh, Andrew mentioned that he used the live leaderboard. This is a free tool on rickrungood.com. It shows you round by round metrics. You can get a really good feel for how golfers are playing uh, day after day. And he said he used that to pick up Max Homa at nine to one after the third round. You put all of that together, Mito top five, Max Homa at nine to one to win. He wins $4,000 for the week. So congratulations to you, Andrew. And then M Carter uh, set the, the, the Rick run good Slack channel on fire uh, on Sunday because he, he won not only one $200 single entry, but both of them. Yeah, both of the $200 single entries on DraftKings, $412 in entries, $60,400 in winnings. Big congratulations to you, M. Carter. Uh, anytime you get the slack all excited like that, it's been a good week. Um, if you want to become a member of rickrungood.com, you should sign up. This week especially, there's some good Ryder Cup information on there. Uh, I kind of tweak things for some of these one-off events, so it should be really good. Uh, so you can go sign up or... You can also try to win yourself a subscription. The way to do that, uh, you have to tell me in the comments below who you think is going to be the top point scorer. That could be across Europe. It could be across the United States. Whoever is going to score the most individual points, put that in the description. Uh, make sure you're subscribed and you like this video. If you want to go over and increase your odds, leave a five-star rating and review on the iTunes version of this show. Say something nice and leave me your Twitter handle. That will get you in a draw as well. Well, that is linked in the, in the description. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. Last week's winners, Buster Bruton, 
and Cameron K. Congratulations. I've already reached out to you and we'll get you set up with your memberships. Otherwise, there is a lot to go through. Let's not waste any more time. Ryder Cup, DFS coming at you. All right, here is the cheat sheet for this week's Ryder Cup, and there is so much to go through. We've got to talk about the format changes. We've got to talk about the course. Then we've got to go through player. There's just there's just a lot. So uh, here's the cheat sheet. You'll notice a couple of different things. I not only have the regular player's salary, but also their captain salary. Yes, I said captain because we are in captain's mode this week. That means when you go to set your lineups, you're going to pick six golfers, but you are going to designate one of them as your captain. And that captain will be one and a half times more expensive, but you will receive one and a half times their points. So for example, round numbers here. If you choose to captain John Rahm and he, well, he costs 9,800. So his captain salary is 14,700 and he scores 100 DraftKings points. You will receive 150 DraftKings points. Got it? One and a half times salary, one and a half times the returns. The other big thing is that this is match play format. So here straight from the DraftKings rules and scoring If you win a hole, you get three points. That's like making a birdie, right? That's kind of the birdie equivalent in in regular stroke play events. Uh, If you have a hole, you get .75. And if you lose a hole, you lose .75. So again, in the same way that during a regular stroke play event, it is much more advantageous for you to be making birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey, because that is a net positive. It is actually much more advantageous for you to be winning a hole, losing a hole, winning a hole, losing a hole, than just having every single hole. So you want these highly volatile, highly risky guys. Uh, you do also get a couple of little bonuses. For every hole that is not played, assuming you win the match or your golfer wins the match, you get 1.6 points per hole. You do not get those points uh, if your guy loses the match. So if your guy gets blown out in 10 holes, he does not get 1.6 points extra per hole uh, for the eight that he got blown out and didn't have to play. Not the case. If you win a match, you get five points. If you have the match, you get two. If you have a, con- a consecutive streak of, of winning three consecutive holes, you get five points. And if you do not lose a single hole, you get a bonus of seven and a half points. These can add up pretty quickly. I'll be real. These can add up pretty quickly. The other thing to note is uh, you can indeed roster two players who are going to play together. So when we get to Friday and you see what the alternate shot you know, uh, pairings are, uh, the idea is if you, so let's say Jordan Spieth and John and, uh, Justin Thomas play together, which they are, um, presumed to do. If they play together, there's no going to be no differentiating between who won the hole, who lost the hole, any of that stuff. They will both get the same number of points, no matter what, because they will get the same result, no matter what for that match. If they end up splitting up later, then you get whichever guy that you rostered and whatever happens from there. Now, this is probably a good time to remind you this contest, uh, this event starts Friday morning. You ideally want to wait as long as possible to uh, set your lineups, make your bets, all that good stuff. Because if we get an opportunity, hopefully on Thursday evening, to see the pairings, that is incredibly valuable information. Because whoever is going out on Friday morning in the first session has the opportunity to play all five sessions. These golfers can only play five sessions. Uh, Monday, uh, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, 
Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and then everybody's playing on Sunday. That's Sunday singles. So if think about it. If you can only play five sessions and you're not playing Friday morning, you can now only play four sessions. 20% of your opportunity is gone. And I will say, and what we've seen in match play, the fact that you're playing is almost bet, is better than, wait, playing and losing is better than not playing, right? So even if you play and lose and kind of get blown out, you lose four and three, you're probably going to make enough points. Like you're not going to lose points there. So even playing and losing is better than not playing at all. So uh, wait as long as possible. And then really what you're going to have to kind of do is figure out, okay, who's my captain going to be? And we're going to, we're going to talk through all of this, but the, the format is critical waiting as long as possible. If you do want to be really, um, like the high, like the high upside correlated lineups would be getting a bunch of guys that you think are going to play together the entire time, right? Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. If they go, if they play every single session and they win all four of their matches and then they go to Sunday singles, like there's just a lot of opportunity there. It's highly correlated. Now, if they lose all four matches, you're going to be highly correlated in the wrong direction as well. But you have to start thinking about what what the paths to success are for some of these golfers. And we're going to talk about uh, more about the, these golfers individually here in a second. The other big thing is going to be the course. You know, in the Ryder Cup, the course almost plays like one of the largest storylines. So whistling straights this time around and the Americans being on home soil have the right to set it up any way they would like. It's going to play to a par 71, 7,355 yards, intentionally long. That plays into the strengths of the American team. Now, there's a couple of interesting things about Whistling Straits, and this is uh, the new course correlation tool. Love this tool. Of course, I've got Whistling Straits in here, and you're going to see where do uh, where is there a correlated stat to success. Number one, strokes gained off the tee. Big time. There was only one other course out of the 70 courses that the PGA Tour has gone to over the past couple of years in which strokes gained off the tee was more important. Driving distance ranks third. That means there's only two other courses in which driving distance has become more or has been more valuable over the years. Uh, a big tee to green, a big total place. I mean, this is where the elite rise to the top, but I don't think you should be disregarding the distance and the off the tee. So if we take those numbers and we look down at the new course fit, section of this, you're going to see some pretty interesting results. So what this does, if you, if you haven't watched the tutorial for this, uh, it's available on my YouTube channel. This takes, uh, the actual values and how they compare to, uh, other courses on the PGA tour, then takes the strengths and weaknesses of every single player in the field and essentially assigns them a calculation about how good of a fit they are. Well, Patrick Cantlay, number one, best fit. Is that surprising to you? I mean, maybe it should be. Bryson gets a huge, huge boost in terms of distance and off the tee, but he kind of, he doesn't really get as much of success in other places because if you kind of look at what the other, uh, you know, the other stats are, you know, he doesn't get to lean into some of his, of his, of his strengths nearly as much. So in the last 50 rounds, uh, Patrick Cantlay, the number one fit, you can change this if you want to look at the last 24 rounds. I don't know if Cantlay is still going to be there. He'll be second to John Rahm. Bryson DeChambeau is up there. Interestingly enough, Harris English, more recent, last 24 rounds, bears out to be a really good value in terms of course fit. There's an interesting dynamic in play here. 
if Harris English gets paired with Bryson DeChambeau on Friday morning, uh, English might need to be in every single one of your lineups. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but the idea there, I, I, if I was captain Stricker, I would be putting Bryson with either Harris English or Daniel Berger. Th- those are my two candidates. And I'd be running Bryson out there early and often. If English is the guy who can kind of ride the Bryson cape uh, for five matches or for four matches until they get to singles, and he's a great fit, and he's only $5,400, it is a really, really interesting place to be um, at that price point. So, So keep a close eye out on that, and you can kind of see how the rest of this shakes out. Worst fit in the last 24 rounds, Bernd Wiesberger. Tommy Fleetwood, Lee Westwood. Actually, Xander Shoffley, not a particularly great fit uh, for his strengths and weaknesses in the last 24 rounds around Whistling Straits. Not 24 rounds, around Whistling Straits. His last 24 rounds and how that would look at Whistling Straits. Hey guys, let's take a quick break for a second. As you can imagine, uh, I do a lot of research on these tournaments. I think you are very well aware of that. A lot of it makes it into these videos, but there are a lot of little nuggets that don't end up going anywhere. So what I do is I throw them into a newsletter. It is called the Run Good Rundown, and I email it out every week. Sometimes I remember to tweet it out. Sometimes I don't. So what you're going to want to do to make sure that you get that on Wednesday mornings is to sign up for the Run Good Rundown. You can go to rickrungood.com slash newsletter to subscribe. It's really just an opportunity for me to sprinkle in a bunch of little data nuggets with visuals and things that might be interesting and might not. It's worth your time. It's always fun, and I hope you enjoy it. So when we start looking through these players, what do we see? No surprise to see John Rahm at the top of the leaderboard uh, in the terms of salary, $9,800, along with Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. The reason for that, click this button right here. Go to team history. How often are these golfers playing five matches? Well, let's look at this. Justin Thomas has played. So this, this is both Ryder cup and president's cup history for the year for the Americans. The Europeans only have the Ryder cup history. So you can kind of just, you can click and just do Ryder cup or just president's cup or just team Europe or just team USA. Let's start with team Europe because to me, they are uh, incredibly top heavy here. Uh, Rory McIlroy has played five matches in each of the last four Ryder cups. And he played four matches in the fifth one, whatever that was, a decade ago. Uh, So Rory McIlroy, almost a virtual lock to play five full matches. The same with John Rahm. He's the number one player in the world. He's going to be leaned on uh, incredibly heavily here. He actually does not have a great Ryder Cup record, but he has uh, completely... Uh, grown and changed. He's a completely different golfer now than the last time we saw him at a Ryder Cup. Those two are almost certainly going to play five matches. Now, on the on the U.S. side, and I'm going to come back to the Europeans here in a second. On the U.S. side, there's a lot more candidates to play five matches. Justin Thomas has played one Ryder Cup and two President's Cups. He has uh, played all five matches in all of them. He's never not played five matches. He's 10-3-2 and two overall. He's gotten 75% of the available points to him. He's never lost in four ball. I mean, it's 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 pretty crazy stuff. Um what Justin Thomas has been has been able to do. Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shawfleet, while they are both technically rookies here at the Ryder Cup, they are um uh they are likely to play five matches as as well as Jordan Spieth. Those are the most likely candidates. Um if if we stick with so 
what do they have? They're great players. They play a lot and they have a great partnership. Thomas and Jordan Spieth likely to be a, a staple pairing. Uh, Cantlay and, and Xander, that has been a pairing that has worked really well in the past. How And I think they'll probably roll with that again. Although I am a little bit excited to see if we get a Xander Morikawa pairing. Um, that's been rumored. They're both, they're both playing out of Las Vegas. I think they're closer than people think. I, if we see that on Friday morning, uh, we got to be heavily shifting towards Morikawa money and, and getting Morikawa into our lineups and things like that. But those four guys, those are the likely candidates to play five matches. Dustin Johnson getting a little bit older now. Brooks Kepka kind of battling injury. Unlikely that he plays all, all, all five. And I'll get back to some of these guys. But on the European side, it's incredibly top-heavy. That's the point I'm trying to make here. After Rory and after John Rahm, what do they do? Do they lean on a rookie like Victor Hovland? Uh, do they go with a super pairing of, of Hovland and John Rahm and just roll those guys out there five times and try to guarantee you know a bunch of points? Maybe. I don't know. So there's a lot more question marks and there's a lot more opportunity for value on the European side. Let's go back to um, the, the cheat sheet here. Or I'll go back to this, this view of the cheat sheet. So... Rom and Rory, great. If you want to look at other Europeans, um, Paul Casey at 60, you know, should I do this via salary? Or should I just go in order? I'll just go, I'll just go by team here. Paul Casey to me is probably the most mispriced or underpriced golfer. Uh, he is $6,800, which means he's $10,200 in the captain's salary. We have seen him with, um, let's pull up his, um, I want to pull up his 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 Ryder Cup history here. This is going to be his fifth Ryder Cup. He has gotten 54% of all points that were available to him. He's halved a lot of these. He's four, three, and five. What I also think is noteworthy is he's gotten at least half of the points in all three disciplines. So he's gotten half of the points in foursomes, 58% of the points available to him in four ball, and 50% that were available to him in singles. Well-rounded player. If you start looking, again, at golfers that are going to really set up well for whistling slates who can straights who can drive it off the tee who can hit their approach as well who can ball strike it on a real big boy pga tour course paul casey's that guy and i have a feeling the europeans are going to ride the hot hand right so whoever gets out early whoever wins their first match they're going to be run out there in the afternoon on friday whoever if they win that they're going to run back out there again so if you can catch a hot paul casey sixty eight hundred dollars and i mean like He's been really, really good this year, right? I mean, if we look at some of his PGA Tour metrics, you're looking at a golfer who, um, you know, driving the ball from tee to green, he's seventh. Uh, off the tee, he's 43rd, but he's also in the top 40, 45 in, in driving distance. Approach the green, he's second. Yes, the putter is going to be a concern, but in four ball, um, you know, he's, someone else is going to be able to, to play a ball with him, right? So he'll kind of be able to freewheel putts. And then also when they get to alternate, alternate shot for sums, um, he's not in theory, he doesn't putt half the holes. So it's like, this is a really, really good format. I believe for Paul Casey to kind of sneak up and be, um, be that next man in for the Ryder cup squad. That's looking for players to kind of fill the void. The other logical candidate is uh, Sergio Garcia, $7,000 in his regular price, $10,500 in his captain's price, um, you know, played well enough coming down the stretch. He finished sixth at the BMW Championship, uh, 14th at the Tour Championship, which is middle of the pack. That's with the starting strokes. And you have to remember, Sergio and Paul Casey kind of cut from a similar cloth, right? They are going to have to ball strike it and hope to get uh, a hot putter or be paired with someone like an Ian Poulter who might be able to roll in some putts for them. So the pair 
pairings are going to be incredibly important come uh, come this week. But those are the two candidates, I think, for the Euros that could end up playing four or five sessions, especially if they do catch the hot hand. On the American side, uh, you know, it's a little bit more straightforward with the four guys that we mentioned, Thomas, Cantlay, Spieth, and Shoffley. After that, there is a really compelling case to be made for Bryson DeChambeau at $8,000 pure and $12,000 as a captain. Um, let, let's be real here. Remove most of like the anecdotal stuff that you know about Bryson being a huge dork. And I say that lovingly because I'm a huge dork as well. But like remove all of the kind of narrative around Bryson DeChambeau. What do you have? You have the longest player on tour at a course that is going to be set up to benefit incredibly long players. Uh, you have a golfer who in this format, so when they play uh, four ball, the guy who makes birdie on half of his holes and a double bogey and bogeys out there on the rest of them is incredibly incredibly valuable. Bryson is incredibly valuable because of his birdie making ability. Think about the alternate shot format, the four, the four sums format. Um, do you think anybody wants to play with the guy who hits it further than everybody else? Do you think they want to play with that guy? Do you think they want to play with the guy who's also one of the best putters on tour? I, I have this sneaking suspicion that if Bryson goes out there and plays Friday morning, he plays Friday morning session, um, and wins, he might play all five of these. That That's the hot hands mentality here, right? If Bryson goes out, wins early, he might play all five of these or four of these. So keep that in mind. I think to me, he is an X factor. The other X factor here is Colin Morikawa, $7,600, 11400 as your captain. He's been not very good. Let's be real. He was dealing with the back injury, then had to try to figure out the new mechanics and the approach game hasn't been strong. You you would hope that given a couple of extra weeks uh, to kind of get right, we're going to see a better version of Morikawa. Maybe I'm just holding out hope too much for a guy that I really, really like, but he was the number one auto-qualified golfer here. He's the number one guy. Um, this is his first time in the Ryder Cup. He might get a pairing with Xander Shoffley at some point. He's another guy that if you see him on a Friday morning, uh, might end up getting hot and, and playing a lot of these, which I imagine as we get closer to Friday's lock, he's not going to be very popular. I think people are going to opt to either go up for Bryson or go down for Tony Finau. Tony Finau likely to be kind of the flavor of the month or the flavor of the week, especially with this price. And if we see him go out on Friday morning, because if you look at Tony Finau's uh, results here, this is just, let's just look at his, so just his Ryder Cup, uh, two and one, he won his singles match. If we look at his President's Cup play as well, I think he has another one of those. Yeah, he's gotten 52% of his points across seven matches. Uh, he was much better at the Ryder Cup in France than he was at the President's Cup here recently. I think he's a candidate, and he's he's a very parable player, uh, incredibly parable, and also... Um, you uh, you know can make a lot of birdies and bunches, which is something that you want to see out there from a, a Ryder Cup match play format. The super value guys. This is really interesting. Um, 
I think Terrell Hatton is kind of interesting at 6,200, 9,300 to be the captain. Hasn't played particularly well, but owns a skill set, especially with the approach play and the ability to get hot with the putter. That is super dangerous in match play. Again, we're going to have to wait and see. It, the, the bottom of the European board is going to be hot hand. That That's what it's going to be. So we're going to have to wait until Friday morning to see. I actually think um, if it's not, who did I say was the most mispriced? Paul Casey. If it's not Paul Casey, it might be Matt Fitzpatrick, who is $5,600. Uh, he played, I believe he just played the President's Cup. No, he would have just played, that doesn't make any sense. Let's go see. Matt Fitzpatrick played one Ryder Cup, and he was 0-2. I feel like he's a much better player since then. So not only is he older, not only is he no longer a rookie, but look at this. The the European team relies heavily on analytics. Uh, they rely heavily on knowing that, you know, strokes gain off the tee, and especially distance while he's not long. Um, Fitzpatrick gaining a bunch of strokes off the tee is really impressive stuff. I mean, look at this. He has, he has only lost strokes off the tee once since the Genesis. He was 15th in strokes gained off the tour, uh, strokes gained off the tee last season on tour. Very good putter. This is, this is kind of an interesting recipe for a guy who is going to be overlooked. Um, you know, you think about where, where some of his, his results have come from, you know, last year was great at Riviera, was great at concession, was great at Bay Hill, was great at Sawgrass, um, almost made it out of his group in match play, finished T18. That's just out of just not getting out of his pod. That's a lot of really good results on tough golf courses. T6 at the BMW at the end of, of 2020 season, third at the Memorial, sixth at Summerlin. These are big fields with all the top players in the world. Matt Fitzpatrick, I take it back. You know, I like Paul Casey. Matt, Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick might be uh, the most mispriced golfer on this slate, especially if we see him go out Friday morning. My goodness, let's go. Now, before we get out of here, I've got to run a custom model and, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different with the optimizer and the custom model this week because there's the captain option or the regular option, but let's just see who some of the top players are. If I were to build a custom model right now, um, I would keep this pretty short term last, you know, 16 to 20 rounds. Um, let's go 16. That's been pretty good to us here recently. And we really, I think we really, really, really need to put, um, a lot of emphasis on a couple of things here. Let's do driving distance in a big way, 20, and driving accuracy, 10. So what I'm doing is I'm emphasizing strokes gained off the tee, but I'm doing it in kind of a weighted manner that is going to give me uh, distance. Guys who gain off the tee in terms of distance are getting more heavily weighted than guys who gain strokes off the tee via accuracy. So that's a large chunk, 33% of what we are offering. Um, then I also think we need a very big chunk on birdie or better percentage. Birdie or better. This is a format where making birdies is not only going to win you matches or win you holes, but it's going to really help with fantasy scoring. So I have already used uh, 55 of my weights. What I'm also going to do now is I'm just going to do, again, a little bit of a weighted strokes gain total. This is what I kind of normally do. I'll put 10 on approach, 10 around the green, and I'm going to put 18 on putting uh, because I know that in match play, uh, that hot putter, at least the ability to get hot, goes such a long way. Now, I have seven weights left. Seven is probably not going to make too much of an impact, but where do I want to put my final seven? I've got off the tee covered. I've got approach covered. I've got around the green weighted just a little bit. I've got putting weighted pretty heavily. Um, 
I could do par four scoring. It's a par 71. Let's try that. Let's try, let's try seven on par four scoring and see what my model says. Okay. Very interesting. John Rahm, number one, should be no surprise. Tony Finau, hunky Tony, number two. He's only 7,200. Can't lay three. Rory, four. Bryson, five. Bryson's in my top five. DJ, six. Harris English, seven. Sergio, JT, and Brooks Kepka round out my top 10. What this tells me is we need to keep a very close eye on pairings for Finau. Keep a very close eye for pairings on Harris English. Not be afraid to captain Bryson or Patrick Cantlay, especially if we see Bryson play Friday morning's session. That is my takeaway here. From what my model says, from what I put in, from everything that I know to this point. It's going to be an incredibly interesting week, not only from a Ryder Cup perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, from a betting perspective. Match play's crazy. Team match play's even crazier. It's going to be a ton of fun. Let me know what you think. Tweet me, at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.